This is Discography Discussion, episode 102, My Ticket Home, presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you're wondering exactly how much that Southwest ticket costs, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Jeff. Who else had a great time listening to this band this week? Oh man, it was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I'd have to say that it was very enjoyable. It had some elements I was not expecting, and it was a very pleasant surprise. No, it almost sounds like three albums by three different bands, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah, well, you know, because of the singing, that makes a big difference, too. Absolutely. My Ticket Home was a band I didn't know anything about before I heard the uh, Roach Coach episode. They did uh, My Ticket Home's second album, uh, Strangers Only, and I was pretty intrigued by what I heard, and I was like, well, we need to... We need to get this band together. We need to listen to all of it and give it the treatment. So uh, that is what you fine folks are hearing tonight. I 100% agree. I had no idea this band was a thing. Then Roach Coach talks about this great new metal record, supposedly, that nobody knew about, called Strangers Only. And yeah, that was one of the best $8.99 I think I spent, plus a dollar and a half shipping. Oh, this was a $10 album. It was great. I found it for like $3.99. You piece of shit. Slackers, the used copy. So I bought mine from the band, damn it. Uh, well, you're a supporter. I'm just an athletic supporter. <laughs> and I, I just I stream my shit because I'm a sorry asshole. You're the lowest form of human life. Almost. Well, before we start talking about the primordial ooze, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at DiscussMetal. Be sure to like favorite and subscribe it really helps us out it lets us know you're listening and now dan is going to tell us all about five star reviews hey we like five star reviews we like any reviews send us a review if you like us on apple Podcasts, any podcast app that you're listening to this on leave us a review tell us what you think of the show and uh, we'll read it on the show so everybody wins hey guys yes jeff we did episode 100 a couple weeks ago yeah we talked about norma jean on that that we did. Well, you guys did. I talked about Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child <laughs> for well, two yeah. hours, and then we talked about some other albums, too. No, it was about a 45 minutes or an hour yeah. of, of you just blabbering on and, like, you and your bottle of You're not supposed to tell anybody that I have that when we record. <laughs> you want to read this tweet from AC, Jesus, Jeff? Jeff. Oh, I think I will. Dan, throughout this entire episode. But it doesn't sound like Bless the Martyr. If that album was a moderately attractive woman, Dan would be all up in that. Didn't get into them until The Redeemer, which is probably why I enjoy their later albums. You need to read the quote in the fake Dan voice. I don't have a fake Dan voice. Sure you do. Here, why don't you just put this dip in. Fuck you. Now drink this coffee. (laughs) Dan's so pissed off right now. (laughs) I didn't say it sounded bad. I just said you can do the voice. Next week, it's going to be discography discussion featuring only Dan Terry. (laughs) (laughs) That's a goddamn guarantee. Well, I do have to say in response, um, moderately attractive. I mean, that's kind of understatement of the year, right? I mean, this is the most attractive woman you've ever seen in your life. But I will say this, and no, I, I, I think may have what he's said try- it. No, what he's trying to get at is 
that could because the character of that woman is so great it doesn't matter how attractive she is you'd be all up in that well let me put it in a way that's going to make sense to me and you guys can all just sort out the pieces that's not worth the effort well <laughs> i'm going to say this bless the martyr kiss the child is your dream partner they are, they are the most attractive person you've ever met in your life. They are the person that you strive to go after your entire life. But then you find out that this girl that lives next door, who's been totally into you and is actually everything that you want, that's the later Norma Jean. That's Corey. That's whenever you find out that this person has things to offer that you didn't know that you wanted. And it turns out that they're actually the entire package. Okay. So take from take from that what you will. I guess what I'm trying to say is that Josh is the hot supermodel girl you're going after, and Corey is actually the girl you end up with. So Corey is Boof from uh, Corey is Boof from Teen Wolf. From Teen Wolf. Yeah. Yes. All right. That I dig. I'm boof, gonna Boof all day long too. By the way, I'm gonna read some comments that are not brewing with sexual tension, specifically <laughs> from Facebook. Jason Alrelano says. I've listened to a good number of your podcasts. I used to be a huge Demon Hunter fan until I listened to your Demon Hunter podcast. Now I am no longer a big fan of theirs. <laughs> Holy shit. Whenever somebody brings up something critical about something I like, I'll listen, then sometimes see their point of view, which is what your Demon Hunter episode did. To which I responded, oh no, my intention isn't to ruin a band for anybody. What's funny about Demon Hunter is I thought it was going to be a much more positive episode than it ended up being. It's a very different experience looking at a career as a whole instead of just checking out each album as they come out. Uh, to which he responded, Haha, yes. It was like when I found out the truth about Santa Claus. Yes, I still like them, but it's just not the same. <laughs> and then uh, Brandon Autry said, This is rad as fuck. So uh, I really appreciate that for sure. Hell yeah, we do. And then I got one more comment off of Facebook here from Josiah Heiberg, who is one of our longtime listeners. He says, partway through loving the anti-mother discussion, I found it funny that the question was raised if they had brought in any new fans with this album. Definitely not was the answer. I had a very inside-out exposure to Norma Jean and the Chariot. I had heard a little bit of Bless the Martyr and Oh God and heard nothing of the Chariot. I found Norma Jean to be too much. I was into metal at the time, but I hadn't been able to swallow anything that spastic. Now I'm all about it. I walked into a Canadian third-rate Hot Topic ripoff and I must have been wearing some band tee or something because the cashier struck up a conversation on the Christian metal scene, and she asked me if I knew Norma Jean. I said I was never able to get into him. She agreed, but said I needed to check out the new album. I did, and it turns out the anti-mother was my entry point for Norma Jean, and then going backwards into the chariot, and then a ton of other math course spastic metal general chaos. So I guess we were wrong. I guess the anti-mother was an entry point for some listeners. He did say she was working in a record store. Might have been part of her weekly quota to try and sell that record that wasn't moving very well. Dude, you need to check out the anti-mother. Do you hate Norma Jean? Yes. Then check out the anti-mother. <laughs> I mean, it's not crazy. No. It's a damn good record. I still love it. Especially if you're looking at it from uh, what they were and what they became. I do have to say this. I really appreciate the amount of views and downloads and shares that we got on this episode. This episode was a labor of love, and we are just so happy to still be here after 100 episodes. And we hope you guys enjoy the show moving forward, and we'll continue to try to put out content that you guys are going to enjoy, pick bands that we think you guys are going to enjoy. 
a lot of the bands that we talk about now, you know, in the beginning, it was just us picking bands, but now a lot of it is just listener suggestion. And that's been a lot of fun for us because it's not just us talking about bands that we love. We get kind of the full spectrum. I'd also like to take this time out to thank our loyal Patreon supporters, which include the likes of Jeffrey De Los Santos, the actual Mac, Lance Alleygood, Zach Barr, and Alex Sander. You guys make it all happen. You help us pay for this podcast. You help us get further than we ever thought we were going to get. And for that, we salute you. And I want to give the same thank you to all of our Patreon supporters and all of our subscribers and our fans. Thank you very much. You guys are helping us more than you know. One dollar on Patreon will get you access to that exclusive album review feed, including other things that are about to launch. Right, Dan? Yeah, we've got a slew of things for you guys. Uh, On Patreon, we're going to have individual album reviews. Basically, the story is Dan went to a store, found a whole bunch of metal albums he'd never heard of before, and decided to sit down and review them one by one. It's coming. You can look for those within the next month. It's been talked about, but it's coming. And the other big thing that we have for you guys in the main feed is Movie Mosh. Movie Mosh! Which is going to be a secondary podcast that we're doing where we basically watch a movie, we talk about it, and uh, you guys get to kind of hear our reactions to it in real time. And uh, the movie selection is going to be on what we consider to be metal subject matter. So you can kind of expect to see some pretty fucked up movies. And uh, we highly recommend that you watch the movies with us. So we'll tell you when to start it, when to stop it, all that good stuff. So, Dan, tell me about My Ticket Home. My Ticket Home is a Columbus, Ohio band that started in 2008. And whenever they first started, they were kind of more of a metalcore band, which was pretty typical of the sound of bands from that year. However, they had a little bit more spunk to them. The melodic clean vocals were pretty exceptional for a band like this. This is not like a From Autumn to Ashes situation where they're just emoing it out for us. Uh, They actually had some heartfelt cleans, and their songwriting, I feel, was above and beyond what a lot of bands were doing at the time. And again, I hadn't really heard them. I didn't hear them back in 2008. I've probably been listening to My Ticket Home for maybe a year now. And uh, I have to say, after checking out the rest of their discography, um, after listening to Strangers Only, the review on Roach Coach, I went back and listened to the old album, listened to the album after that. And uh, I don't have a lot of bad things to say this episode, so get ready for that. Yeah, it's another one of those where uh, Dan and I might agree an awful lot type of episodes. I mean, I don't see how we couldn't because I'm right, and I don't understand how people that aren't me can see anything other than what I see. It's called perspective, dude. Oh, I don't know anything about that. I know you don't. (laughs) (laughs) 2012, to create a cure. So this is a metalcore record through and through, in my opinion. You want me to say something shocking about this this album? I mean, go right ahead. The floor is yours. All right. Since we all, all three of us like this this record, generally speaking, right? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, positive reviews. What about you too, Joe? Absolutely. If we like this album, how come we're not reviewing Asking Alexandria? <laughs> 2012 was an interesting year. Metal was changing, almost truly getting away from the emo of the mid to late 2000s. And this band, this record specifically, is an older version of what would become modern metal. It wasn't degent, but it had those elements in it. But then you had the melodic 
stadium-style chorus that has been beaten to death in modern metal. It's not as effect-driven. A lot of the current modern metal bands are doing the too much reverb, backwards reverb build that you first heard in the 80s, which is another thing about New Wave. I don't think this and Asking Alexandria are the same thing. They might sound similar to modern ears, but they are not identical, to say the least. I'm not saying that. What track are we listening to right now? I forget the name of this one. This is the opener, A New Breed. A New Breed, especially... It's a stripped-down version of Asking Alexandria. Two words. Clean vocals. Way better than Asking Alexandria. Oh, no. Asking Alexandria, their lead singer is actually pretty fucking phenomenal with his cleans. Nah. You need to listen to his blues stuff, man. I enjoy this a lot more. His blues stuff isn't his band, though. Right. isn't Asking Alexandria. Okay. Sorry, but I'm going to have to disagree there. I think this is far superior to that. For the claims? I will Yes, and I will admit mm. that the music has a similarity because what band didn't sound like Asking Alexandria in 2012? I'm just saying that like that's like the... Uh, sometimes that band can be the dirty word in the room that nobody wants to say. And I really... I think they're not as bad. They get shit on more than what they should. They're not Black Veil Brides. So they're better than what people give them credit for, I think, sometimes. Especially their early stuff. Their first two albums are actually re- are pretty good. And yes, I have to. I'm admitting that as as we're recording. But this album, fucking loved, man. This was such an easy listen. There's nothing bad on it. It's just solid through and through. Yeah, and what I like about it is the song quality does lean more towards new metal than a lot of the metalcore bands around. This is not like an as this is not like a uh, as a lay dying type of band or a kill switch engage type of band. They're definitely a scene band through and through. And they represent what the metalcore scene was in twenty twelve. However, I just feel like Songcraft alone this was superior to what we were getting out of bands that sounded like that at the time. And that could just be, you know, listening to it for the first time recently. Maybe if I'd have heard it back then, I'd have been like, eh, whatever. I mean, pass. But uh, I enjoy it. I'm definitely not as stoked on this one as I was for the next album. But, like, I do feel like this was a good establishment. And I also like how the band kind of rejected the terms metalcore and rejected new metal and started calling themselves puke rock. It was very punk rock of them. <laughs> it was, no, Pardon it was the pun. Very puke rock, sir. <laughs> very puke rock. Yeah, very true. I'm actually disappointed that this is the first full-length release from them their ep the opportunity to be from 2010 had seven songs and it was roughly 25 to 30 minutes long yeah it was 20 i think it was 24 minutes it's essentially as long as a full-length record and it's really fucking good and i would encourage you to go back and listen to that too but we don't talk about eps on this show except for that one time we did jeff right nudge nudge green green we say no more hey (laughs) we break the rules for broken that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) i would have broke the rules if i had listened to the ep but i didn't because i was like oh it's an ep well fuck it (laughs) so i didn't listen to it well that's exactly what you did with broken too and you're like what the fuck dude what the hell we've talking about this shit for and then i and then we played her like oh i know these songs anyway (laughs) accountant dan showed up and said these are the rules that are clearly stated on our podcast (laughs) yeah some days i'm executive producer and other days i'm like you know Whatever, guys. Whatever you want to talk about. Like, if I if I want to talk about an EP, it's fine. <laughs> you know, when we did Hope's Fall, I talked for, like, 
half an hour about no wings to speak of. But, uh, you know, the reason I'm here, as we say oftentimes, I'm only here for Godzilla. So the album that I find really compelling by My Ticket Home is the album Strangers Only. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, dude. Dude, 100%. And, like, this record is so strange to me because of how different it is from To Create a Cure. I'm turning this fucker up, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, like, it just starts off with a vengeance, dude. But again, it doesn't follow any of the metalcore tropes. Like, you could tell that they, like, every time somebody wrote something that sounded like the last album, they were like, nope. Here, listen to Iowa by Slipknot <laughs> and, and write something like that. And uh, that's the biggest vibe I get off of this album is it sounds like Iowa to me. Really? I'm thinking about what you just said for a moment. I definitely wouldn't say this is Iowa, but a band that sounded like My Ticket Home did for the previous five years, because this band's been around since the mid to late 2000s, to do the same thing or roughly the same thing, but strip out all of the production bullshit and do a raw metal release. This is badass. I wish everything sounded like this. Well, I don't know about everything, but I will say that the approach is so much more loose than what we had gotten on to create a cure. Like that was more of just like a straight metalcore release. So this, like there's fucking turntables in here. Those aren't turntables. The bass is loose. That's a very decent Tom Morello impression. Okay. Well, whatever. Sounds like turn. Sounds like scratching to me. It is scratching on a guitar, right? Well, yeah. Up well, the neck. Anyway, shout out to Matt Nas. Get a go. I think that the looseness of this, and I'm trying not to quote Lauren from Roach Coach directly, but I will say that the approach is definitely more new metal because with metalcore, it's going to be more tight. It's going to be more genty. It's going to be, you know, more calculated. Whereas this, it's more like, no, all the cuffs are off and we're just going to go at it at full speed, but it's not going to be like a super technical, proficient, like precise type of sound and that that's where i get the iowa vibe because it's just unbridled aggression this is an album that stars the rhythm section one of the things that completely sold me on this album and i wish that that he did more uh is the uh, guitarist his clean vocals that he does especially on keep alone fuck dude i'm like the guy's got such a unique voice on his cleans i'm like i wanted to hear more and more of it and unfortunately i didn't take uh they didn't take advantage of it. But it had like that kind of like 90s angstiness to it. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And I and I love that sound. I was like, this is this is the shit. Putting that, that 90s angsty clean vocals on top of metal. More please. Well, yeah. And just the, the way the melodies are, are done are it's like shit I haven't heard since like 2001. You know, it's it's kind of poppy but done in an emotional way. Dude, it cuts through all the shit of like the, the distortion and the screaming and all of that and the like rumbly bass. It cuts through all of that like a knife. And it's like, it's, it's again, it's, I hate to make the comparisons to Slipknot, but I hear it a lot in that like when he starts singing that clean chorus, it's like the fucking clouds open up. You know, Especially right here. Yeah, and yeah. The, sun, the sun shining on you, and you're, like, feeling it 100%. Song doesn't slow down. 
That's one of the traps that a lot of metalcore bands fall into is whenever they go to the clean vocals, everything slows the fuck down and you lose the intensity of the song. Whereas with kind of this more aggressive new metal sound, it's kind of like when El Nino would jump in with a chorus or when Slipknot would jump in with a chorus or even early Mudvayne where the intensity of the song stays up, but the vocals are clean and they're emotional. That's what I'm hearing. Classic yeah. revolution, revolution. Like just immediately goes into the clean chorus. Yeah, and it's just killer. I stand by what I said about the stripped down production. I think this is what every modern metal band sounds like before the producer gets his effects box out. It's just clean. It's well put together. The band is in sync. They just didn't add reverb or bullshit to it. Well, if that's the case, I, I don't want producers producers touching stuff because this was really, really good. I'm going to do this for comedic effect, Jeff. <laughs> What, mutant me? Just turn off the box, then. <laughs> <laughs> I said com- music. That compressor does something. That oh, makes me sound sexy. Yes, it does. Hello, Mr. Waits. How are you tonight? <laughs> Fantastic. You can't get there, can you? Can, if it was like I midnight, can. he could probably get down to that gravelly. Yeah, I think I, I'm not quite there yet. But yeah, this record is just so aggressive. And again, like the Iowa comparison is on point. Not that it sounds like Iowa... I feel like how I just said that my point was on point. How usually many points you got tonight, Dan? Usually it's something that somebody else says about your point. I, I normally say Can something Can I make a point about, about that point that you just made? Well, the whole point of what I'm saying is that... I'd normally say something about two points. Right. Is it Free cold throw. in here? <laughs> is it cold in here? My point is <laughs> that it sounds like Iowa in spirit, especially the screaming. I get a lot of early Corey Taylor in the screaming, which is funny because the first album, it was more metalcore growls. And those are extreme. It's technically more extreme than this, but not really because the metalcore growl is un- is incapable of being this passionate. Yeah, this is straight up vicious, man. It, it's savage, dude, in places. And some of the more new metal style breakdowns they play are just like, you want to fucking cut somebody in a pit with it. Like, you want to whip out a knife and just start cutting people. And like, I realized that, like, I just gave confirmation to all these people that say that this kind of music causes people to kill people. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Uh, that's how I feel when I listen to it. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but maybe don't get in a pit with me to this band. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I'll be the fat guy in the Hope's Fall shirt, so. <laughs> Hope's Fall Zay or Testament. That's it. You just got to watch out. Extra points if when I'm cutting you, if you're like, hey, aren't you that guy from that podcast? <laughs> And I'll be like, no, <laughs> drive the <laughs> drive the knife in even further. Then you shiv him, right? <laughs> 2017, unreal. It's it's unreal because it's a completely a different, different band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is weird to me, and like I have to admit, I was a little taken aback when I was doing the listen through because there are only three albums. So I listened to this like listen to the whole discography like four times this week. I pulled a Jeff. I listened to the albums in order, then I listened to them out of order. And uh, because there wasn't 14 of them to do it with. (laughs) Correct. Correct. And so this one really threw me off because I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? Did I just put a Deftones record on? Hold on. Maybe it's a Pulse Ultra record. I don't know. I'm having trouble. And uh, I was definitely like thrown off because the first track wasn't a straight barn burner. Like fucking, uh, you know, spit, not chewed. Yeah, this is more like an ethereal alt rock kind of feel. But I can't help but love it. Yeah, actually, you know what? The uh, once the breakdown, it kind of reminds me of uh, 
uh, like spine shank on this. Yeah, I heard song. some spine shank in there for certain. And uh, I just loved how the chorus picks up the pace. And that's kind of a subversion. You know, usually in their career up to this point, they've always been like fast, 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 fast chorus. And usually our fast, fast, fast verse and then go into the chorus. And the chorus is usually fast too, but this is the first time I've heard them like really slow down on the verses and then go kick it up with the choruses. But this is not a scream fest. Like if you're only here for screaming, you're going to be sorely disappointed on this record. There is screaming, but it is nothing like it was on the previous releases. Yeah, this is much closer to like the alt rock and hard rock than it is metal. It's later Deftones-ish, you know, and that's really the closest tie it has to new metal. But it does sound a lot like bands that were labeled as new metal in the late 2000s. So I'm talking like stuff like Earshot and Pulse Ultra. Earshot, Breakaway. Love that song. Yeah. Like, I could definitely see this band on tour with Adam Ship with this release. Like, it's definitely, I mean, obviously nothing's as good as Adam Ship, right? But this is uh, very much the same sort of thing where. Well said, n- sir. New metal was disappearing and was being replaced by heavier alternative rock bands. Uh, One Side Zero comes to mind. This might have been the uh, most enjoyable album for me out of the, out of the three. Really? Af- after I got over my shock of how different it was, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised because, all, you know, like Dan said earlier, it's three albums from three different bands with the same name, essentially. It just kind of struck me in the right way. I've, ever since Industrial December, I've been out of my grindcore and in, in, uh, deathcore and I've been really into like the old school uh, 90s alternative and it's kind of just harkened back to some of that for me and I really 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 enjoyed it yeah I mean I've heard elements of this release on like five or six different releases from the early 2000s but I don't feel like the other bands really did it like like Pulse Ultra really comes to mind because there's a little bit of kind of a spacey theme uh, to the music like it just seems very um, like a sci-fi movie from 2001 or 2002 where everything's just really synthetic and clean sounding and looking and you know you can imagine like if they had a music video for these songs back then it'd be like fucking anime robots or you I'm know, down. stuff like that <laughs> like kind of the Linkin Park imagery that was going around at the time excuse of, me like, Mr. Kane would you like Robotech or Evangelion yeah definitely Robotech uh, Evangelion never like goes anywhere. The characters have no development. <laughs> How about uh, Macross? Macross is Robotech, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Robotech it is. was Macross, and I cannot remember the other anime. Well, I liked Robotech because it was on TV when I was a kid, dude, and that's the reason why it was awesome. Yeah. You know what else was on as a kid for like a hot minute, which I wish they would have made more of it was. BattleTech, the cartoon. Yeah, I remember BattleTech. Dude, that was the shit. Yeah, absolutely. I can't reach it, Joe, but yes, fist bump. <laughs> but this album reminds Exo-squad me for life. I never, I'll never forget that period of time where YouTube was in its infancy, and all YouTube really was was people taking their favorite anime scenes and matching them up with hard rock songs and making music videos. I could hear every single one of these songs to in that. that context and. I got to say, I enjoy it quite a bit. It's one of those things, too, where you have to kind of dissect what you mean by new metal because, like, some people are going to say, because I feel like Strangers Only was like your Slipknot, Limp Bizkit, Corn, uh, Mudvayne, Il Nino, new metal. 
Whereas kind of the newer wave of new metal, like I said, was more just alternative hard rock bands that had new metal elements that kind of took over that scene. And so this is very much a, you know, Adam Ship, Pulse Ultra, One Side Zero, Earshot, a little bit of Taproot, you know, like, and again, a lot of people that are new metal purists, Roach Coach, uh, are going to say that this (laughs) isn't new metal, but I'm going to say it's very much like second wave new metal. And uh, one of the things I complained about on the Pulse Ultra album, which I don't think we've reviewed yet, but I've complained incessantly to Joe about it, is that like the first three songs are great and the rest of it drags its ass. And I feel like this album is almost more of a realization of that, where they take that really cool, spacey, sci-fi kind of sound and carry it throughout the album. This is one of the new metal albums that I consider to sound still modern. I used to always comment that like metalcore and death metal and speed metal and all that stuff is attractive because it sounds like old school metal. Like you can track all that back to Iron Maiden can track all that back to black sabbath whereas i always felt like albums like this will always sound modern they'll always sound new and cutting edge and uh, i definitely feel that way about this because in 2017 i bet there's people that listen to the first two albums that have never really heard anything like this like hadn't been music listeners long enough and so i think this still came across as newer and there are still some heavier songs on here but there's nothing that's like the straight scream fests that we had on Strangers Only. And they're completely unrecognizable as the same band that put out to create a cure. But I'm like kind of okay with this. If they stick with this throughout their career, like I think this is a better sound for them because this is the first time where some of these songs really made me feel like they made me feel a lot more than I felt on Strangers Only. Strangers Only is new metal as fuck in the sense that it's like really angsty sounding it's like fuck you fuck everyone else let's burn the whole world to the ground this one was all like well i'm a human being and this is how i feel about things and normally in metal that's a bad thing but in this case i think it works well you know me and feeling things and that might be part of the reason why i latched on to (laughs) get your hands off me you don't have to feel me during this hey you got the biggest here what do you expect i know you know there's that beep again save (laughs) save that shit for when we're not recording (laughs) no i it just you you kind of you can close your eyes and it kind of takes you away and you go on a trip and i really like it when music does that and it seems like uh unfortunately uh unless you're starting to go into like the the uh, grindcore deathcore kind of or death grind kind of stuff this is where you're uh you're gonna find that that trip at you know that other one is way you know scary but this just feels like you, you can feel it and you find yourself like right now i'm watching joe bob his head to the music because it's just it makes you want to move you just feel it through your body, and I love music like that, and this is a fantastic album for that. Do you think that this might have hurt their image to people that only liked the first two albums? Uh, probably, but I don't think they give a fuck, and I don't give a fuck, so Well, they clearly don't give a fuck, and I think it's a testament to them that they are really good at keeping this style interesting because a lot of bands that play this type of music... It's very easy to get caught up in the atmosphere of everything. 
and the shit just becomes boring and all starts sounding the same. They're like, more of this, more of this, more of this. And in like in my opinion, this is right up there with an album like uh, Intrinsic by The Contortionist. Obviously, they don't sound the same at all, but the vibe that they give off, I think, is very similar. Okay, I can dig that because I, and you're right. It's and it's it's because you, you feel the music. You're not just listening to it, and I feel that way. You know, I've kind of both of us have kind of beaten the horse to death with the contortionist. You know, we really believe that and feel that with the music. It, it's not just listening. It is there's an emotional aspect. Uh, to the listening and that you have a, that special attachment with and I, f- I really made that with this album and uh, it just it struck me the right way that's all I can really say final thoughts on my take it home Jeff pleasantly surprised uh, first and foremost uh, I love the fact that <laughs> they just go off on a tangent with every new album they don't try to um, pigeonhole themselves to make record sales and I really respect artists that do that that just want to do what they want to do and they make the music for themselves and if you happen to like it as well it's fucking great you know and that's where I'm at with these guys I just happen to really enjoy their albums and their music as well I'm just along for the ride and it's it's I hope I haven't listened to the new single because I know there's a new single out I haven't listened to it yet, and uh, I've gotten to the point now I try not to listen to singles before the full album because it's just too much of a cock tease for me. Except for Hope's Fall. We listened to that. Yeah, we did. That, that, <laughs> I mean, it's very few and far between that I do that, though, and I've really tried to make it a point. I do the same thing now with movies. I don't watch previews anymore with movies. I just want to see the movie when it comes out. I don't want to nothing to get spoiled. So I'm really, really looking forward to, to what else that they have to, uh, to give us. Dan, what about you? I'd be interested to see how far they can push this. Yeah, I'm really curious. Because right now it almost seems like they're documenting new metal. <laughs> like documenting eras of new metal. <laughs> and I really enjoy that. And there's really not a whole lot more eras to go. Like, are we going to get like, is the next record going to sound like Puddle of Mud or Three Doors Down? Like, not that those bands are new metal, but it seems like this was definitely like the transitionary period out of new metal like i said when new metal started to go away a lot of the bands that were there sounded like this like it was kind of the next step in the evolution of the style and uh it'd be interesting to see where they take it from here to be honest with you they can't go metalcore because they did that already you know so it's interesting to see what the next uh evolution is although i do think it would be funny is if the next stage was like old metalcore like it would all start sounding like Converge or Dead Guy or something. That would be really interesting to me, and it'd be kind of fun to see if that's where they take it. I think this band fills a gap in modern metal music that fans of metal don't know is missing or not there. Right now, you've got people like the hosts of Discography Discussion that listen to everything and have always listened to everything. Thrash, Deathcore grind, hardcore, modern metal, melodic metal, new metal. We love it all. And everybody has their favorites, but then a band like My Ticket Home comes along and they give you a record like Strangers Only, for example, at least in my case. I didn't know how much I missed the feeling of new metal 
a rhythm section driven metal song, I felt like I had listened to Stained and Limp Bizkit and Older Corn almost to the point where I understood all of it and it, I wasn't missing it. And then I heard Strangers Only and thought, you can still make new, new metal, pardon the duplicate word, and it be good? My Ticket Home does that. And if you haven't listened to the EPs, knowing that Dan hasn't, I'm going to encourage him to go back and listen to it because I think My Ticket Home is a metal fortune teller of a band. They've kind of been five years ahead of everything along the way, and they keep changing and moving forward into something, even though it looks like they're going backwards. Are they really going back and documenting new metal, or are they just ahead of the curve to the point where they understand that people are actually tired of that overproduced Asking Alexandria Black Veil Bride's modern metal sound, and they want real music again? I think we can all agree nobody gets tired of musicians playing their instrument and actually pulling off the song. So listen to My Ticket Home. Dan, what is your album of the week? Uh, This one's kind of out of nowhere, but uh, I've really been enjoying Weezer's Teal album. Nice. Yeah, (laughs) I got a lot of cover songs on there. Yeah, I'll listen to everything but uh, Africa. God, I can't fucking stand that cover. Oh, you don't like that? I think it sounds fine. No, it's not that. It's just that it's just so fucking played out. Well, so is the cover of Sweet Dreams. Like, I don't know why they had to cover that song. They cover Paranoid by Black Sabbath, uh, which is also a super over-covered song. Uh, my favorite one on there is probably uh, Billie Jean. That's my uh, love of Michael Jackson on the reason why I tolerate that. Oh, it's such a great cover, dude. And It is. A lot of these cover songs, they just do in the style of the original. They've got Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Uh, and, like, these covers are definitely, like, in the original style they're not trying to like weezer it up or make it geeky or whatever like it's just they just love these songs and want to play them and that's what i like about it it seems very sincere jeff what about you there is a very popular youtube star by the name of fenua and he got that name from the fact that he was from finland and a buddy of his was from iowa but the name of the band is actually called um Medea that he's in and I've mentioned them a couple years ago when I was first on the show and they finally came out with their album Xenosis and if you want brutal vocals this is the fucking album for you holy shit this dude has got crazy crazy vocals and the funny thing is whenever uh, he does his YouTube channel he's got really good clean vocals too but he just never showcases it on the albums but I highly, highly recommend it if you want some good Swedish metal from Finland. I'm going to cop the fuck out on this one. We're talking about my ticket home. Listen to Strangers Only and tell me it's not one of your favorite albums of all time, at least within the past five years. Uh, I like Unreal better. How about that? <laughs> Touche, Mr. Kane. <laughs> I like both of them. They're fucking great. That's why we cover them, because we really, really like this one. I sense a forthcoming Patreon review of Pulse Ultra. I think we can make that happen, like, next month sometime. Sound good to everybody? Sure. At least I didn't pull out Ultra Blue. Dan hates Ultra Blue. And on that note, this has been episode 102 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. 
You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion, and please send questions and comments to DanAndJoeShow at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. 